Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of, and when I say I mean, I am your co-host, Austin. And I am your other co-host, Adrian. I almost said host there, and that would have led to another debacle slash war between who is the host and co-host. Um, but Classic. Adrian, anything weird, zany, or just normal happened this week? Um... Well, I I saw Zane in person. Whoa. Zane Harnish? So that yeah. What when? Where? Oh, you were home this, this weekend. weekend. That's right. I thought he was in yeah. New Hampshire and I was Okay. No, no, cool. no, no. That would have been real zany though. Yeah. Um No, I was yeah, I was back in Pennsylvania for a wedding. How was it? it was Who good. was married? Um, Amy and Matt Rice. Huh. Interesting last name. Is he from Texas? Any relation to the university? No, he's from York County. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I've heard... was good. I've heard some good things about York. (laughs) (laughs) Last time I... Last time I was in York, apart from this past weekend... I asked some people for some native York Yorkers, York Yorkians, Yorkies, Yorkies. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them what's the best thing to do in York County, and they told me it was Jim Max mini golf. Oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. They, I need they to... may have been referring more to the ice cream than the mini golf, but. Okay. But still, I need to drop my expectations for York County, it seems like. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have golden mini-golf heaven in Lancaster. That is true. Village Greens? Yeah, that Maybe one. Maybe the greatest, <laughs> like, ranked in, like, the top ten yeah. mini-golf courses in the States, I think. Yeah. Maybe even top five. It was nas- It's nationally renowned. Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was a good time. The wedding was good though. Yeah, it was good. I sat with a bunch of other high school people. Like people that we knew from high school or people who were in high school? Well, I'm not in high school, so I would have said other high school people. Right. I thought that was a weird choice of words if it was. And I also think it would have been weird if you were with high schoolers. Yeah, I wasn't with high schoolers. I was with other people who also graduated from our same high school. Nice. Uh, I was with the the extremes of the McFarlands, as in the oldest okay. and youngest. Okay, yeah. Obviously. Um, but what's the middle of McFarland's name? Because Jen. I could not remember it. What is it? Jennifer. Jennifer. And Julie is the youngest. Yeah. Okay, and Janelle and Lucas were there. Lucas met her. Yeah. And... Um, I forget who the other person was sitting next to me was. It was Audrey Melhorn. It's Andrew Melhorn. Oh, close. Andrea. And that's not the one who I forgot. It's the oh. other person on the other side of okay. me. And then there's two other people who I didn't know. They went to Crossroads, though. They didn't, like, they knew Amy from church, mm-hmm. not, um, not from high school. So yeah, it was a good it was a good weekend. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I I drove my new car, so I put a thousand miles on my new car. 
Nice. Nice. Breaking Bitch. it. How was the Bluetooth? It was great. You, uh, one cool thing, that, you know, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot because people with Bluetooth probably already know this. Sure, sure. But one great thing about Bluetooth is that I don't have to turn on things in my car when I get back in there. Let, and let me elaborate on that. Yeah. So I get in my car. I turn it on. My phone is still in my pocket. It starts playing the podcast where it had left off when I had turned off the car. Huh. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. it's pretty nifty. I don't know. I would, I would, I would be. I'm, I'm just gonna say I would be very paranoid that I would have something on my phone playing, and then it would play as I get into the car with someone else, and it would be inappropriate for the situation. That exact situation actually kind of happened to me. <laughs> oh, uh, great! <laughs> so. Um, I like got in. I was showing my car to somebody, and I realized that I had it. I don't think it's exactly the same situation that you would be thinking of, or that you're thinking of. But basically, I was listening to a podcast that I was like, I don't really want people knowing that I listen to this podcast because they might look down on me for it. So I was like, quick, like turned off the power yeah. to my yeah. sound system so they so that it didn't play, but. I was thinking of it being uh, explicit or racially insensitive. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Speaking speaking of explicit and racially insensitive, I also um, also feel free to tell me we need to move on if we need to get onto the no, discussion. No, we're, we're cool. Um, I also this is the first time I had ever sat down and actually listened in the setting where I had nothing else to do besides drive to um, um, Good Kid, Mad City, and um, oh, The yeah. Triple Butterfly. Yeah. And uh, I also listened to Cardi B's album, which... Okay, interesting. I feel like I should offer an apology to Cardi B, because I think I feel like I have like judged her for who she is as a person and what her life has been like, um, and that's probably unfair of me in general just as a human being um well on behalf of cardi b thank you (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you accepted that for cardi b her music is okay um yeah and um so anyways kendrick um at first so i listened to good kid matt city and i was like this is good this is a good story it's great Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I start listening to Pimp a Butterfly, and I'm just like, this is, I, where is he going with this? This is like, what's happening? And then, like, for most of it, I was like, you know, I think Good Kid Mad City's better. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the end, yeah. and he just opens up everything, and I'm just like, mind blown. This yeah, is the that, greatest album of all time. I need to listen to it again. The end where he has that interview with Tupac. Yeah. Which is yeah. not real. Which Obviously. Is, which is a bummer, but... But I was like, this is fantastic. This is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, To Pimp a Butterfly is a, is a dense album. Yeah. Uh, but I had a less zany time nice. in the sense that I did not see Zane in person. <laughs> um, I had to turn on my heat because uh, it was a low of 29 last night nice did um, you get any snow we did not it was it was um projected 
but mm-hmm. we we got none. As far as I know, though, I was asleep during the times that it was supposed to be snowing. So Fair. who knows? I I could have missed it. Um, but you figured out how to turn your heat on. I did. Yeah, there's just a knob back over on that wall. <laughs> nice. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, like technology, man. It's wow. Mm, magnets. Um, <laughs> magnets. How do they work? <laughs> um, anyway, I went hiking on Sunday. Nice. I went to Rock. No, Stone Valley. Something. Uh, it is a uh, a riverbed that is is largely devoid of rivers because of a dam. Mm-hmm. Um. So now it's like a, a stone valley, so aptly named. Uh, Makes sense. Foliage was maybe even a little past peak, but it was it was pretty excellent. Yeah. Um, and then I went and ate dinner at the people I was house sitting for, and I got paid for that. So that was nice. surprising. I saw their cats again, and. Uh, Czar did not sit on my lap, which I was okay with. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. Uh, the trees were were pretty. Nice. As was the river and the rocks. Oh, and I met, like, there was, it's a river, so, right, you can be on either side of it. Some people that I knew were on the other side of it. So I was having like a shouting conversation with them over this river. So. That's a, that's always a good time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, a month or so ago, I was uh, watching BoJack Horseman, as you do. Yeah. And in the episode, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, who is a dog, uh, is he has just officially divorced. Wow, lots of spoilers. For Bojack, guys, are you okay with that? By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was about to make it a, a one, an amazing announcement. Yeah. So as you started describing this, I was like, "Why do I know this? Because I've never seen Bojack Horseman." And then I was reminded that I read the article that also referred to that oh, you yeah. sent me. Oh, that this is to a Bojack. huge announcement. Listen, this is maybe the first time ever. It's not the first time ever, but it's probably the first time in many months. <laughs> I have read not just one article, but both of the articles wow. that Austin sent I'm me impressed. and watched the video. I don't know if I just had more time this week or what. I also but... I, I got it out to you like Monday, so That is true. Usually he sends it to me like the day before the day of, so Right. Maybe um, that's why I had more time this time. But anyway, sorry. Continue telling your story. So, Mr. Peanut Mr. Butter, Peanut Butter has recently divorced, divorced his uh, his wife, uh, Diane. And he is now taking a limo with his new girlfriend, someone, uh, whose name I forget. She's a pug. Um, Diane's a human, though, so It's Bird keep up. Horseman. It's weird. Um and so he is listening to the radio, and Diane comes on, her podcast comes on, and she gets to talking about her uh, her recent divorce with Mr. Peanut Butter on this podcast. And so Mr. Peanut Butter tells the limo driver, he's a movie star, so he's in a limo, change the channel quick. So change the channel, and it's like, upcoming, a new single for 21 Pilots. And I was like, wait, what? 
what's going on? Is this like a paid promotion from 21 Pilots? And then Mr. Peanut Butter says, uh, go back to the podcast. <laughs> and this is the moment that I learned that it is, it is cool to hate 21 Pilots. And I was, re- I was, I was surprised by that because, uh, like the last thing that I had heard about the popular reception to 21 Pilots was, uh, that Blurry Face was the only album to completely go gold uh, ever, I think. Really? I don't know. Maybe it was Platinum, but... Regardless, that seems ridiculous. Blurry Face sold a lot. Um, so, I, I was surprised by this new uh, reality, apparently, where it is, it's cool to just bash 21 Pilots. Mm-hmm. And... And so I read this Vulture article that I sent you, uh, that you Which also I, read. I thought that was fitting for 21 Pilots' most recent album, that it was Vulture. Yeah, yeah. And also for Bojack Horseman. Um, so I'm reading this Vulture article, and it's it's discussing why it's cool to hate 21 Pilots. And I thought, I, I disagree with their point. Um... So do you want to, Adrian? Do you want to regale us with why Vulture thinks it's it's cool to hate Twenty One Pilots? Well, the problem also with reading the articles is that I may have forgotten which article is which. But I will say too, back to hating Twenty One Pilots. I do know people that don't like Twenty One Pilots. Yeah, um, I I will admit for myself, I was a very reluctant fan of Twenty One Pilots. As at the time, I was a reluctant fan of everything. That is but true. Especially you were, pilots. Because that was before you went to college and started listening to all the music in the world. Yeah, no, that's Be- true. But this is because this is before my musical sojourn. It's true because, in in some ways though, it it's kind of started it. Yeah. Um, it was actually I don't know how this happened today, but I was looking back. Oh, I remember why because I was trying to. Um, look up my Spotify email that was sent to me saying that I was in the one percentile of listeners of Twenty One Pilots. Oh yeah, I wanted, yeah. I wanted to use that to brag. Yeah, flex on those haters. But um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I looked. I was looking the so I typed for Twenty One Pilots and like my Christmas list for like my first year of college came up, which is mainly just a bunch of CDs, and it was very yeah. interesting to look at those CDs. But anyways. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting how we look at 21 Pilots, or at least how I do. I don't want to necessarily put you in the same bracket compared to other people. So for me, I, I look at 21 Pilots as like a, a mountain kind of. So when I first heard of 21 Pilots when I went to college for the first time, which was in Ohio, which I thought was a great, the, the one article nailed it where Times it was, one. Where it was talking about how, like, literally it was only Columbus who knew about 21 Pilots until, like, 2016 or something like that when they just yeah. exploded. Which is so true because I hadn't heard about 21 Pilots. And then I get to college in Ohio and everybody's like, 21 Pilots everything. Um, so that was right before... That was right before Vessel, not yep. Vessels, Vessel, came out. Um... And so I I see that as you're going they're going up the mountain and then Vessel is at the peak 
Yep. And then now they have slowly coming down the mountain. So for me, I love 21 Pilots, especially Vessel 21 Pilots. And so, like, that love for 21 Pilots kind of lingers on. And then I think the problem for other people, this isn't really what the article is talking about, but you just hear, like, uh, blurry face 21 Pilots and now trench 21 Pilots. And you're like, this is terrible. Like, what's going on? So you're coming at it from very different perspectives. I don't like. I don't think that's. I don't think they're terrible, or that people think they're terrible, because like three songs off Blurry Face like went number one. Um. Mm-hmm. So, what the Vulture article says is that Twenty One Pilots wants to be the angry voice of young people, uh, but with all the the hard edges sanded off because of Spotify. Um, so they're arguing that Spotify and ending up in streaming playlists forces you to be as smooth as possible so no one hits the skip button, which I thought, uh, that seems wrong. Like, did you, did you listen to, uh, the, like the very first song on Trench ends with him like screaming and I'm like, ugh. I mean, this is normal 21 pilots, but I'm like, this, this screamo is not a very mainstream sound. And, and it's very against what they want to do. They don't care. Like, one of their things has been always they don't care if anybody listens to their music in some ways. It's like, yeah. we're going to make music that we like and that we think is going to connect to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, our goal isn't to try to be on mainstream playlists. Right. So I thought that was a poor take from Vulture. And so I'm going to propose my my alternate theory. Adrian, you, you watched the video that I sent you. And so the video that I sent you is You Might Be a Hipster. From um, PBS Idea Channel. Right. And I, I sent that to Adrian. But it's it's intended for everyone and not just people who might be hipsters. There's a great there's a great line. The video is very good. But there's a great there's a great line where he's talking about he's like describing a hipster and he's like somebody who's like wearing flannel and listening to like rap and country or something like that yeah. as well as um I forget he was he was doing something else but he's like he's doing all of these things unironically and I was like I wear flannels and listen to rap and country. I don't really listen to country, but I was yeah. like this, this, but anyways, that point, the point of the, the video you, is not that. You definitely might be a hipster. Right, right, right. But his definition of hipster is different than the normal definition of hipster. hipster. Which, which I think is actually good, because I think his definition gets more at to the idea of a hipster, I guess. And I, critically for me and this, talking about 21 Pilots, why the what he says makes a hipster i think is the reason people hate hipsters um and it's that they take things from different subcultures and use them without appreciating what they are to that subculture mm-hmm. um yeah yeah he's arguing that basically the hipster just takes random things from random places and yeah yeah uses them without giving credit to the places that they've yep. come from. Yep. And then putting them together in this mishmash of 
flannel-clad rappers. Yeah, so to me, that's exactly what 21 Pilots is, and that's why that's why people both love 21 Pilots and why people hate 21 Pilots, because as the New York Times article says, no one on the radio... No one else on the radio sounds like 21 Pilots because they just whoop, 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 pick things from, from all these different genres of music and throw them together. Yeah, which, which I thought was actually pretty brilliant, by the way, when I slowly was putting together Austin's thought of, like, why is this video in here? Thank you. Why is this video about hipsters and this, this video about um, 20, this idea about 21 Pilots? And then I was thinking about the people that I know who don't like 21 Pilots. And the biggest thing that they say is that they are trying too hard. And then, which sticks out to me is that they're doing too many things. Or they're seeing them as doing too many things. Which fits exactly in line with this idea of hipsterism, if you will. um, Where they're taking this over here and this over here. And they're mixing up beautiful piano pieces with rap and screamo that's not what you should be doing or that doesn't work in what people normally think of what music should be. I, I, like, I think it works, but it, what I think it does, it offends the people who are really invested in the things that they're just borrowing from. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, like, I was listening to Morph, right, and there's a part where he says, like, for those who know him, and I'm like, wait, that's exactly, that's exactly the part from Lose Yourself. Where it's like, to those who know him, he's known as the Globe Trotter, and I'm like, he's they're stealing this directly from Eminem. Yes, I am convinced that he loves Eminem. And oh, I'm sure he does. Because so today again, I've been listening to a lot. Of, I've a lot of Twenty One Pilots. Levitate apparently. is like an Eminem track. You know what you should do is you should go back and listen to No Pun Intended, which is like his first ever album that he made before 21 pilots existed okay you listen to this where do i even find that just google it it's on youtube i was listening to it today i was like this guy he sounds just like eminem like this is ridiculous he's like he was like nf before nf yeah i thought that was the only good comparison that the vulture article made they said he like uh to people who grew up when eminem was the the voice of angry uh young people like 21 pilots will feel super tame and i'm like well yeah anybody feels super tame compared to eminem Uh, but anyway so like he's clearly borrowing things from eminem and then what i so what i think is his most egregious um borrowing of from a, a different subculture and then dissing it is in Message Man, where he's mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, people who rhyme like this, we're all impressed by this. This is just triplets wrote this in three minutes, um, and I'm like, oh wow, like when I listened to that first, it was before I listened to a bunch of hip hop, and now mm-hmm. that I listen to that, I'm like, oh shoot, shots fired, because um, <laughs> I've I've listened to an interview where Snoop Dogg is complaining about. Uh, the triplet flow, and he's like, everyone uh-huh. just wants to sound like Migos now, and they're all like, da 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 and I'm like, okay, yeah, Snoop Dogg is allowed to say everyone sounds like this, and it's it's easy, and people think it sounds cool mm-hmm. because he's Snoop Dogg, like, right. because he it, like he is a 
established figure in rap. And so I think you get the extreme hate for 21 Pilots because they're just two random guys from Columbus saying the same thing that Snoop Dogg is saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from outside of the culture. Right, um, right. And then Either, they, they do that for, like, all the subcultures. Right, right. Um, the, he even, anyways, I was thinking about it today, too, after after I thought that he sounds like um, Eminem. But just listening to other raps, he does the same kind of thing where instead of, that Eminem does where instead of, like, changing his sentence to get the rhyme, he just speeds up what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He, he does that same type of thing. But, yeah, I think... I think that is, and like, I wish I could have found it, but I think it was from some article or interview they did like a long time ago where somebody asked them like what genre they are. Mm-hmm. And basically they made up some weird, like some combination of genre that doesn't actually exist um, because they don't really fit into like any one specific area or... Right. But but they are kind of that grabbing of different ideas mm-hmm. um, from what they like. And and another thing I heard him say, too, once was that the reason he even started rapping was because he wanted to say more things. And, and a normal song couldn't right. <laughs> didn't have enough space for for those like the things that he wanted to say to actually get in get in there. So mm-hmm. it's definitely that idea. And like. It, it is interesting they, they don't have any guitars or anything. And he grew up, like, playing the keyboard. And so it's weird to have these, again, have these, like, really nice piano pieces. Yeah. But then mix it in with him just, like, screaming and yelling. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, is very egregious to probably both groups. I don't know, maybe screamo people like pian- nice piano music. Uh, I don't, I don't. I would be surprised, but I would be more surprised if, like, I would be less surprised than the other way around. Right, right. Um, and so this kind of this kind of led me to reflect on what I was arguing in the last two episodes. So to me, pop is essentially a genre, and not just, like, pop is a genre, but, like, everything falls into their own genres and are um, reflective they reflect on and try to build on the genre that they're they're currently in. So like do we do we really need genres? I think like the the question that 21 Pilots asks like explicitly in their music in like Lane Boy for example is mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. do we actually need genres? Like what's the point of genres? Um so I have lots of thoughts, but do you, do you think we need genres? in life I think that's a a, a, a huge question um, do I think we need genres in life um, I don't think that we need them um, but I think that they're helpful yeah yeah um, and I think that that's why thing people get upset when mm-hmm. those lines are blurred um, because we're used to the helpfulness. We, we yeah. like the fact that it's helpful because it gives us an understanding of what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that I say that, it's kind of like stereotyping slash profiling um, because we, we like labels. We like um, 
putting things in boxes so that we, we know how to interact with them or know how to, um, to better understand them in a way. Um, but I think, so, so I don't think that we need, why I don't think we need genres is because we as humans are more complex than just one label. Um, and so I don't think that like necessarily always being that thing that you are or that label that you've put on yourself really allows you to be who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if any of those were really complete thoughts or not, but um, I think we like labels and genres because it allows us to get a better understanding of what to expect. And I think that they can be a hindrance because they prevent us from fully expressing who we are. And I think that that's why 21 Pilots does what they do with their music is mm-hmm. because they aren't just nice piano players. It, or, or, and they and that's what they want their fans to experience too is it's they're, because a lot of what their music is saying is like life isn't just nice piano pieces all the time. Sometimes it is. And sometimes we just pretend it is, but other times it's just screaming and yelling into nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I, I think that genre is not necessary for music, but it is necessary for criticism. Um, and I think that that points to what, like the New York Times article is saying, that the divide that exists. It's not that like like 21 pilots is wildly successful so like hatred of them is not very widespread um Mm -hmm. even though it may be represented as such uh but he said there is a divide between like massive critical success and their um like financial selling record success And Mm -hmm. and i think that's because you do need genre for criticism because like what you need things to compare to and genre establishes uh, boundaries uh, and limitations say okay this is these are the expectations how do you compare to these expectations Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you if you're not in a genre you don't know which expectations you're supposed to compare something to um so, yeah, I think criticism requires genres. I, I also don't think that genres are just labels, though, uh, because genres come with a history, and people know that. Uh, people who, like, artists know what things in a genre mean. So I think that genres are useful in a way that they can convey more by being aware of conventions of a genre. But I, th- I think, too, like, I think art benefits in a lot of ways from not being contained to just one genre. For instance, yeah, I agree. For instance, um, I was thinking of the movie A Quiet Place. Um, you have what seems to be a horror movie 
but is really just a, a family values movie kind of disguised as a horror movie and so you're blurring the lines of these two genres and it's hard to comprehend in some ways um but in reality i think makes for a really good movie yeah so i like i I said when we, we were talking about the the i think the pop podcast i think the music that distinguishes itself is music that pushes the the extents of the genre that it's in. So I, I think you should try to stretch whatever your genre limits are, but the rootedness in a genre provides a lot of can provide a lot of depth if you're willing to use it because it has a history and it has a uh, a vocab um, and it ha- like it has a shared understanding with whatever the audience and the the people creating in that genre establish mm-hmm. um, so I, I think I guess the criticism of 21 Pilots to me is because they're they're just kind of picking from so many genres they don't have a rootedness in one um, so they feel uh, more like a mishmash instead of like an outgrowth you know what I mean Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they have any disrespect for any of those groups that they're grabbing things from, or they don't understand the the background that is behind those. Yeah, um, but I, I, yeah, I guess I would just say they're not fully utilizing the potential of a genre and pushing it they're taking some elements of a lot of different genres which is uh, maybe pushing the idea for me of um what art is but i like i like history a lot so and like i think i think you can get more meaning out of something when it's established in a tradition Uh, yes and no I mean, I think that I think that what one reason why Twenty One Pilots is so good is because they aren't necessarily worried about the tradition of the genre. They're more worried about how can I express human feelings and emotions in a song by using different genres of music. I guess. Um, so, so I guess I'm taking a different, completely different perspective from what you're saying, which mm-hmm. isn't surprising. But you're yeah. you're looking at it. You're looking at it from the critical view. How can how can I look at this critically and say, okay, this is music. I'm looking at it for music purposes. This is what they do in it. This is what people in this this group has done in the past. This is what they're doing now. This is how they're stretching this group. Yeah. I'm looking at looking at it from like. Okay, what what is their goal? Their goal, I think their goal is to say how can I express the thoughts and feelings that I that I have um and that I also believe that other people that I have interacted with are also experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm as as the as 21 pilots, I'm not really concerned about um the genre of hip hop 
pop, rock, whatever I'm grabbing from. I'm just saying, this is how what, what I want to express in this. This is how I'm trying to express it, and I'm going to grab this because this is what I can use to do that. This is what I can use to do that, and put it into a song that sure. allows me to fully express that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna say for my counterexample to Pimp Butterfly, um, mm-hmm. like I think he he's able to express more into Pimp Butterfly. Because it's so, like, he has a, a conversation with Tupac, literally at the end, where normally it's just like a metaphorical, musical conversation with Tupac. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's using, like, sampling and, um, like, building on that. I think he's able to, in, like, have more meaning, though I guess it's not, like, embodying the emotional realities of life, I guess. Yeah, so I, I like. I guess that's a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think both are effective. Like, I, and I think that you see that from the success of of both, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I guess for me is like I agree with what you're saying about the criticism part. Is like, you, you, you there's nothing to compare Twenty One Pilots to. Mm-hmm. Except for like su- way superior versions of what they're doing, but yet what they're doing is still good and still popular and still like making an impact. And so like I guess I'm trying to come at it from the pres- perspective of why. Like if what they're doing is like such a critical mishmash, like how is what they're doing actually effective, um, and and popular and good. Mm-hmm. Not to say they aren't talented, by the way. I, I right. Don't want to. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't want to. Like I do like Twenty One Pilots, so I didn't want to come away saying negative, exclusively negative things about Twenty One Pilots. Um, so like I wanted to compare them to NF um, mm-hmm. as like Christianish creators who have broken into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so I I don't. Like, I shouldn't not say positive things about NF, but in my experience, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about NF. Um, And so, like, uh, what I think 21 Pilots is doing is better creatively um, because because they're... I think it's, it's it's a better creative effort for them to take genres and say okay how can we uh represent life through the lens of everything um it's so i've been reading a lot of this uh, japanese painter named uh uh makota fujimura um who says that um christian art should be the most creative art um so i'm i was i was going to compare uh, 21 Pilots, NF, and Laura, Lauren Dangle? Daigle. Daigle. Uh, because I, I think it, if we're saying that it should be the most creative, because I, I see these three as like important mainstream breaking Christian artists in the last well, some amount of years. So Five years, probably. To me, 21 Pilots is easily the most creative. Um 
because they're just pulling from everything while uh, NF so like we've said that 21 Pilots sounds like Eminem but it's like oh there's that one phrase that's exactly like Eminem NF is just like control C control V yeah. um, Eminem even knows it He, I, I watched a video where they were excited that NF was dissed on Kamikaze and I'm like yeah really is this like i shouldn't we be aspiring to more than this like sh- shouldn't we have higher aims than to just copy a successful mainstream rapper uh and like ride their coattails to success so like is 21 pilots just like cutting above the noise but i will say though like I don't think that NF is riding the coattails of Eminem. Really? Because, like, I guess my my thought is, who if you're going to try to emulate anybody, if you're going to, like, have the guts to try to basically take someone's style, why would you choose Eminem? Because he's just going to come around and destroy you. Um, People and, like Eminem. Like, he's also one of the greatest, if not, like... I don't know. I'm not going to say he's the greatest, but, like, one of the greatest rappers of all time. And so, like, to try to walk in those footsteps, I think, is a really big step. So I guess, like... But it's not creative. Right, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I would... I And maybe, yeah, we're probably... I'm looking at different things. But um, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say that he is just riding the coattails of, like, Eminem. Because I think that you not only have to be able to do it, but you have to be good, I guess. I guess would my, be my point to to actually be able to pull it off and be successful. Well, yeah. I mean, every, like, okay, not this... Ideally, everyone has to be good to be successful. Um, but, like, I, I think it is more interesting that 21 pilots is trying to uh make their own lane instead of following in the footsteps of people who are already mainstreamly popular right as i would say eminem and adele right because you would say lord daigle is like adele yeah yeah okay i can i can see that so so the point you're just trying to make is that they're more creative? Um, yeah, I, I think it's more bold and creative, which is which is good, yeah. But, I mean, I don't want to take away anything from NF and Laura Daigle. I mean, just because 21 Pilots is, is more creative doesn't mean that they could be more creative i guess i I mean i don't know like what's the problem i want i want them to be more creative but but i guess my question is what's what's wrong with them doing what they're doing if if they are if they are reaching secular audiences with their music like is that is that a problem um no, I just I just think it's um, a a limiting approach to their art. Like 
So Zach says that, which is largely true from like 600 to 13, 1400 in Europe, almost all art is religious art, specifically Christian. Did I say mm -hmm. in Europe? I think so. Okay, because, yeah. Um, and so, like, I, th and, and, like, I think lots of great novels are religiously driven. And so I think, yeah, uh, that's, that's, I think religious art should be the driving force for art. Okay, so what you're saying is that the, that people like NF and Lardego have taken the wrong direction as opposed to breaking out into creating their own thing. They have decided to just go along with what is mainstream and continue with what has been successful in the past um, and do something that is still successful now. I, I, yeah, I like there's good things to reaching people where they're at but I don't think that's the the only thing people should be trying to do yeah you you mean they should be trying to be more creative and find more creative outlets to do those things right I like uh, I don't know it's tricky because I want to say they should be doing art for like God's sake and not care who's watching um, but the mission is also to reach people, so uh, and yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to balance. But I mean, going back to what you were saying about religiously driven novels, though, aren't those still written in the same styles as non-religiously driven novels of the time? No. Not always. Um, like, Paradise Lost definitely is it. It's an epic poem written in, like, 1600. And the last, like, renowned epic poem was written uh, in, in, like, 40 AD. So he's, like not following the traditions of his time Dostoevsky pushed the limits of the novel when he was writing so I I yeah like they are following some of the styles but they're also pushing them and expanding them mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I don't know. I, 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 like, I see the point you're here, the point you're making. Um, but I guess it's, it's, like, for me, it's like, what, what is the goal? Like, is it to be, try to be creative just for creativeness's sake? Or is it try to reach people? Well, it would be creative for God's sake. Right. I don't know if a lot of people think that way. Yeah, I, I say, why not? 
And I don't even know. I wouldn't even say that that's probably 21 Pilots' motivation. I don't know if that's their goal or not either, but I, I think them carving out whatever they want to carve out is... It, I mean, it's definitely bolder, I think, than many other people. Right. And I guess, like, my point would be that it doesn't really matter if you're more creative or not. It's the reason behind what you're doing and the creativity. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um... It, it, but it's like you're saying. It's not about just being creative for creativeness sake. Or even being creative... Or in, like, Twin Pilots' sake, it's not even, really like being creative to try to re- express more ideas. It's it's the reason why they're trying to express more ideas. It's the reason why people are making the music. Um, I don't know. I guess that's kind of my thought on it. It's great. Be creative. I love it. But what's what's the heart behind why you're trying to mm-hmm. make good music? So, final thoughts on 21 Pilots, I guess, is I think they're bold and experimental, uh, but I also understand why people hate them, because Mm -hmm. they're, like, appropriating cultural capital from groups they don't have capital in. Or, no, okay, they're appropriating signifiers from groups that have no cultural capital in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I would say, I, I agree with that, and I would say, like, two 21 pilots is, like, continue doing that, but also don't, like, don't, I would, I would say, like, don't be afraid of losing what you have. Um, I think a lot, or at least my impression of Trench was that they were trying so hard to recreate Blurry Face um, and and ride the waves of that. And to me, it kind of fell fell flat. Um, and so for me, I would say, like, don't... It hasn't been... For, for 21 Pilots, it hasn't been about, like, what's popular or like what's worked or anything like that it's it's been about just them writing their music about what they care about and for their for their fans and what their fans care about so i don't know i think i think going back to and maybe that's what they are doing and i just am missing it but i i feel like there's just some the fear of losing what they have as opposed to writing what they want to write about I don't know. I I feel like since Vessel, they've been, they think they're trapped by genre and music conventions, and like a lot of Blurry Face is saying, we don't want to be trapped by that. And Trench is just like a really long metaphor, I think, for that. Which has always surprised me why they're why they decided to be on a record label for Trench. It seemed really surprising to me. Yeah. Um, when they could easily just do it themselves at this point. Um, which I think would probably give us some better music, or in my opinion. But Yeah. It would definitely be different. Yeah. It would be different. I assume. Yeah. 
All right, did we get to where you wanted to get to? Uh, sure. Hipster, or 21 Pilots are just... They're music hipsters. Music hipsters. Yeah. 21 Pilots is hipster music. No. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they're definitely not hipster music because the point of hipster music is to be really obscure. No, no, no. I, I, I completely agree. They're not okay, hipster music. Good. But I was just saying that so that it's much more of a grabbier, grabbier oh, okay. title. Because their music is hipster, they're not hipster music. No, kind of. no. They're music hipsters, not hipster music. Yeah, okay. Anyway, give us some recommendations. So, speaking of independent people who talk about being independent... I recently found out where Chance the Rapper releases his mixtapes, and it's as simple as Googling Chance the Rapper downloads into Google, and it's like the first result. So I've been I've been perennially disappointed that Chance the Rapper doesn't sell any of his music because there was no way for me to get it on my phone then. And it's not on Amazon Prime Music. So I guess if you have Spotify Premium, this is not a problem. But if you don't, he has all his music available for download for free on the internet. Um, so, uh, that was my first recommendation. I finished that book that I was reading for the book club that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, man. Remember when I told you that I was judging it from the first paragraph? Yeah. I stand by that judgment. Um spoilers the twist i i felt like just made the world seem smaller for a book that wants to be a sprawling fantasy saga mm-hmm. it just yeah i i was like i've read this better um and like i don't want to sound like because it's like supposed to be like afrofuturism and black empowerment so it's like I don't want to be racist by saying that. It's, right. it's just like there's there's better versions of this book. So, not a recommendation. Um, final recommendation is uh, I read Once and Forever the stories of um, Kenji Miyazawa, which is a very strange collection of like fairy tales written Mm -hmm. by this Japanese guy in, like, 1860. And for those of you who don't know, like, the 1860s are some of my favorite years um, for people writing books. And he reminds me of of Thoreau in a lot of ways Hmm. uh, because just, like, telephone or telegraph wires are new and trains are new. And in his world, they're, like like mysterious monsters or like weird invaders coming into northern rural Japan. Um, and he really loves the sky and the night sky especially. So like most of his stories are just set against like this massive backdrop of all the stars that you can see in the world because it's like 1880 northern rural Japan. So you can see all the stars. Um, 
and so the, it reminded me a lot of Over the Garden Wall um, in a way that it's like conventional-ish fairy tales uh, and some of them are like really fun and some other times it's like really dark mm-hmm. um, so yeah I, I thought they I thought they were they were fun they were funny uh, they're yeah it, just the there's lots of different moods and styles and there's a word that I'm looking for that I can't find um, but there's a lot of that that is it similar to moods and styles it is yeah tones there we go mm. Mm. and they're all short there you go well is, is there any more is that no that was one? the last one um uh, also the law that I listened to this weekend in the car which is not just Kendrick Lamar. I listened to the audiobook Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Oh, how was that? Which was rather fitting because I think it might be like this week to the year that we <laughs> watched and recorded oh, the very yeah, first episode of our podcast that never got published about the movie Blade Runner. The Secret so, Lost Podcast. Yeah, back when we had terrible microphones. Yeah, and didn't know um, what we were doing. More than right. we don't now, so... <laughs> right, <laughs> I know. If you think we don't know what we're doing yeah. now. Um, so, Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep is the book that the movie Blade Runner is based off of. And if you haven't seen Blade Runner, that's probably okay. If you have seen Blade Runner, you're probably really confused by it, and you're like, what did I just watch? Um... Wait, which Blade Runner or the book? Blade Runner. Okay. Um, which now reading the book makes a whole lot more sense because basically what the movie did was t- it took all of the action parts of the book and left out all of the plot parts. Mm. Um, so like there's in the book there is like, I really want to watch the movie again now because I feel like I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. It's so long though. It is. It is very long. And also just, like, why? Um, (laughs) So in the movie, or in the book, rather, there is, like, um, I don't know if they even go over this in the the movie at all, but basically, like, the, the religion of all the humans, there is, like, this big push for, um, caring for all life. And so, like, Everybody loves animals, and, like, the goal is to have animals, and almost all the animals have been extinct. Um, And so that's why the test in the movie, they're asking all these questions about, like, killing animals and seeing dead animals and and things like that to figure out if they're androids. Because the androids can't have an emotional response to these animals because they don't understand it. Empathic response, rather. They do not go into that at all in the film no and so it's very confusing um so so yeah i thought i thought the book was pretty good um i would recommend it It, it's it it asks a lot of good and interesting questions so not only is it asking like the movie like where's the line between um humanoid robots and humans and how does how does those interactions work 
but it goes into an even deeper question of looking at um, humans with mental illness. And so you have a character in the book who is what they call special, who has been affected by the radioactive dust and is now like his, his brain has been damaged. And so he now has a lower IQ. Well, most humans have lower IQ than these androids. But now he, he is even looked down upon by the humans. Um, and so it asks these really great questions about, like, yeah, like, is all life sacred? Like, what about people with mental disabilities? How do those, mm. where are those lines? Um, as well as those lines with androids and humanoid robots, so... Yeah, I think that's especially pressing as uh, CRISPR becomes more and more viable as a way to um, avoid um, disability or different abilities uh, mm-hmm. in children. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's good. It, it's if if you watch Blade Runner and you're like, I want to like this, but I hated it. <laughs> Maybe read this book because it might redeem it. Also, read the, watch the second Blade Runner because it also does a good job of that. Yeah, um, every time I go to like think about that, I'm like, oh, it's three hours long. It's the same yeah. with Silence. I really want to watch the movie, but yeah. it's like, oh, this is three hours long. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like literal torture some of the times. The book was only like nine hours to listen to. So, oh, wow. Like, they did not cut you, a lot for the... <laughs> <laughs> no, let me tell like the <laughs> the movie is almost so the rest of the the entire book is is about him like killing these androids same yeah. as the movie, right? But like there's just so many other like interesting plot things. Also, in the movie, did we know whether or not he was an android? No, that's um ambiguous. Uh Right. Though some people say no, but I think by the end of this the yeah, no, I think it's ambiguous throughout all of them. So, yeah, it is. I think I think he is human in the movies because, anyways, we don't need to go into Harrison that. Ford says he is. Uh, Ridley Scott, the director, says he's not. In the book, he is. He is human. So, is there uh, is there a long scene in the in the book where he says enhance enhance? No. Enhance. <laughs> but I was waiting. I was really wishing it was. Uh, um, but there was some enhancing that was being done in it, but not quite in the same way as in the movie. Okay, good. Oh, my goodness. It was so bad. <laughs> some of that movie's just real bad. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. 